Social Connection Podcast. Each week, you'll hear actionable tips on social media marketing, interviews with entrepreneurs, and business tips. My name is Atish Palmer from Metric Connect Digital Marketing. Thank you for your time with me today, and enjoy the next podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's episode on the Social Connection Podcast. Today, we have a guest who's been in business for over over 20 years. His name is Bhavik Patel. Um, a business called DigiLink, which is in Leicester. And we wanted to hear an insight of someone that's been in the game for 20 years, which is a a decent journey in itself. Um, And helping our listeners, trying to get some golden nuggets from Bavik himself about the ups and downs, the the, the pros and cons of of being in business. So thank you very much, Bavik, for joining us today. Um, If you could give an intro to yourself, your business journey, and then uh, hopefully we can have a good topic for our listeners today. Yeah, perfect. Hi, Atish. Um, Thank you for having me on, firstly. Um, So I, like Atish mentioned, I've started my business journey 20 years ago um, when there was no social media. It was a shop a fax machine, and a hope and a prayer. Um, my business is home entertainment or um, smart home installations now, as people call it. Um, so I've seen the whole transition from no internet. So when I started my business, we didn't really use the internet. There was no Google as such, right through to almost not being able to operate without the internet. So it's been an interesting journey. Um, the key word I would say for anyone that's been through this journey is adapting. You know, we as small business people, we as small business owners have learned to adapt and adapt and adapt again and adapt again. And now we're in a situation with sort of COVID and lockdowns, etc., well, and where we have to adapt again. So, yeah, hopefully we can go through this in the next 20 minutes, half now. Yeah. So what initially, what were you doing before your business? What made you initially start up? How did you start up and why the home entertainment? Because okay. you previously you had, you had, I know you had two or two retail outlets and, and selling. So initially, what made you get into this? All right. So I finished, I did the whole traditional Indian route, if you say. So I went to college, went to university, um, did my degree yeah. in Leeds, um, went to university again in uh, Leicester. So I did a master's purely because my dad kept saying, get a job after university. And I didn't want to get a job. So I said, okay, how can I keep him off my back for another year? So I did a master's <laughs> as well. Um, and then after that, there was no hiding place because I wasn't going to, I was studied out by that point. So I, I actually went to London for six months. Um, I went to London for six months and I worked for a, a satellite TV company. And in that six months, what I realized was a couple of things. I love the job. I love the people. I love the, what we did, but I hated the politics. I hated that whole thing about being in the corporate, playing the game. It's who you know and what you know, as opposed to, actually working hard and getting forward and within six months I said I can't do this I don't want to play this game I don't want to get on with people just because they are you know ahead of something or you know in charge of something so I just decided let me sort of get out of that Um, a friend of mine and me we were both working together we said let's you know let's start our own business so I knew Leicester so I moved back to Leicester um, moved back in with my parents um, to keep the overheads low and found a shop knew nothing about business well my dad had had a business the whole you know our whole time but I didn't know anything about running myself so I found a, a an outlet set it up and on the when we opened we did satellite what, what, only what was his business Sorry. 
so his was sort of similar thing. So his was the electronics as well. Um, so he did sort of sales and repairs um, of okay. TVs and things like that. And then what I started was satellite only. So when Sky was launching in UK, Sky Digital, um, there was no real dealers selling it on the street. So you had to go to Sky Direct. And I thought, well, being in Leicester, what we have, I'm Asian, so I speak languages. I can be on a street where there's predominantly Asian people. Um, and a lot of older people don't like bringing call centers, don't speak English that well. Um, so they could come somewhere, yeah. speak in their language, Gujarati, which was predominantly around Melton Road. And then I could sign them up to Sky. And that was really sort of the core line of the business. That did well. Well, let me tell you just a little funny story when I started. So when I started the business, you know, when you have a plan and you think, you know, you don't sort of assess everything. You just say, yeah, 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 let me do this and I do this. And I opened the business. And on the first day, within 15 minutes, yeah. I had my first customer. So he came in, said, I want to sign up Sky Perfect. So he signed him up. And I said, okay, we're going to order a card. When you get your card, ring us, and then we'll come out and fit your dish and your box. So he went home, and then as soon as he left, I was like, who's going to actually install his dish for him? Because that's the bit I didn't even think about at that point. Because I was like, yeah. I can't get on the ladder. I know nothing about dishes. And in those days, there was no internet that I can find people that install dishes. There was literally nothing. So I was like, oh, sugar, this whole business had to actually close now because I, who's going to fit this dish for them, right? So I was like sitting there and I literally looked up and I said, I don't know what to do. So that was my first hurdle, if you say. And then funnily, just at that moment, yeah. someone sort of pulled up, um, this van pulled up and he came in and he goes, oh, um, you just opened today. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, I'm a, I'm a satellite installer. I live down the road from here. And I thought, oh, oh wow. it's fine. It's fine. I'll, um, I have, um, I have loads of installers. So don't worry, but give me your card. If I need your help, I'll, I'll contact you. He goes, yeah, anytime I'm not doing much. So I can contact you anytime and stuff. So that was almost my first sort of divine intervention to say, actually, you're going to stay on this path. And I think this business is going to be for you. So that was my first sort of pad. Okay. when you realize that sometimes you think you've worked everything out and, and at first, how do you can fall? But again, that was my first time to adapt and learn and move forward. And then from there, we just grew. So you're, you, you touched you touched on the fact that you didn't have the internet and stuff. How were you marketing yourself when you At first started? Because, okay. because just because every right now, if you're starting a business, it's right. Get your social media profiles, get your website up and start whacking on your reviews on Google and, and Facebook. But let's get a bit of a, a different side to kind of how marketing um, was how when I you thought. first launched. Okay, fine. So when we launched the main sort of marketing route was yellow pages. Okay, so every, you know, this thick yeah. yellow book, people that may listen may be younger than this and may not know what Yellow Pages is. So it's a big directory where most businesses were in there. And if you wanted to find, say, a plumber or, a, you know, whichever trade you were looking for, you generally you looked in the Yellow Pages and they posted this through your door every, you'll probably remember that, Tish, they posted it through your door and there's a huge directory that a lot of people used to sort of like hold down things because it's so heavy. But in there would be most local businesses sort of advertising in there. So that was one route. And the other route was physical posting leaflets door to door. So you had it yeah. and you had sort of companies that went out and, and post door to door. And that was really it. That was the two key ways. And obviously having a shop. So being on the high street, being in a location where there's a lot of traffic, 
there was a lot of footfall. So again, having a shop front and people can come in. There were our three forms of advertising, you could say, or, or promotion. And and as we speak today, what's your main kind of drive to getting new customers? Not your not your not the current customers that have repeat business. Where are your new customers coming from? Okay, so now this is the part where I'm probably lucky and blessed, but a little bit different to a lot of businesses. We spend nothing on advertising. Okay, so all my business, my whole diary is filled by existing customers' recommendations. Recommendations is probably the biggest part of new business that we get. So other people telling other people or other businesses telling other businesses to come to us. You know, we book two, three weeks in advance and it's purely from just this space. Um, we do a little bit of social media, but social media, we use more of a portfolio of the installs that we do. So if we do a, a, a showcasing night, what you've yeah, got. showcasing what we have and people go on to that and same with the website. So there's not an actual um, uh, e-commerce website. It's, again, a portfolio of what we do and how we do it. And that's, you know, that's what we do. What are your fundamentals to keep your current customers happy so that they are kind of promoting you on a loud tannoy to say, go for, you know. Yeah, but, come to us, it. yeah. Right. There's three things that I, I live by and I and these things have been the things that have helped me the whole time we've been here. Do what you're going to say. No, do what you say you're going to do, when you're going to do it. And if there's an issue, go back and help out. Three Basic, basic things to any business, I'll say. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Don't overpromise on deliver or don't underdeliver overpromise. You know, do what you say you can do yep. and do it when you say you can do it. Time's so important these days to a lot of people. And, you know, if I hate being let down. I hate it when someone contacts me um, and says, oh, you know, or, or is late for something, especially if it's a professional meeting. So if someone says, you know, I'm coming to sort your fence out and they don't turn up and I get a text, you know, three hours yeah. later saying, oh, I can't come. But, uh, you know, just have the courtesy to come. And if you can't come, it's fine, but just be open and communicate. And then if there's a problem, don't hide. If there's an issue, everyone has an issue. Everyone has problems now and then. If that fence fell down, I want someone yeah. to come back. So actually, sorry, we'll try and make it better. Going back, actually having a problem and sorting out, I found I have a better customer in that because they know if there is ever an issue, these guys are going to come back. So there's so many people that do the work, get the money and leave and you never see them again and they don't want to yeah. go back. And again, you know, three basic, basic fundamentals, but it's that's the basis of my business. Brilliant. So customer attention is all about service and... Correct. 100%. Yeah, mainly service, right? And I think all artists, you know, and, and just one thing sort of stemming off yeah. that service side of it, it's, um, I found that over the last few years, as things have slowed down, as things, especially now in a situation when business, you have to fight for what you have and what, what, you, you, what you do. What I found is that hmm. people are looking for the old fashioned service now. You know, the service where you give a more personalized service, you're, you, you, you're spending more time with the customer and you're being more personalized for what they're trying to get to. And if you have to adapt a little bit, you do just to help them out. I think people appreciate that more and are willing to pay for that more than um, just someone who just says just the same thing all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we're all falling into the trap where we go onto Amazon, we'll click on the, the, the five star and get it. But then there's certain elements to 
different types of businesses like yourself is because of the aftercare service mm-hmm. and people will go for something cheaper on a review or may, maybe not cheaper but go to something just by what reviews have been uh, been made yeah. and then not kind of looking into the, the 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 part two of the services so there's the upkeep the the the, the, the service after so yeah i'm i'm 100% uh, agree with you on that mm-hmm. now some of our listeners they look at this podcast and take some views on what if i wanted to start a business or that they're already in it so there's kind of two elements to this this question what would your advice be to someone speaking to their friends and saying this is what i want to do but then never doing it what's what's your take on what sh- what what would be your advice if someone was saying to you look i want to start a business but i don't know where to start and i don't know how to do it a lot of it's to do with finance but there's there's more to it to i feel like on within regards to what's what's in your mind and mm. how you're going to regurgitate out how to do a business mm. okay first of all I'll say is first of all is it just a, a interest is it a hobby is it a passion or is it something where you think you're just going to make money that's the first thing because if it is something that you just think you're going to make money it's not going to last you because there are going to be peaks and there's going to be troughs there's going to be times you're earning nothing and there's going to be times you're earning a lot so if it was just the money concept as soon as you're not earning you may pack it up so that's the first thing is it something that you really feel deeply about if it's something that's a calling for you secondly is then if you're not sure how to get into or you're not sure you know which way to position yourself talk to people that are already doing it you know there is there's so many people already in lots of different unless you pick something really niche like you know you want to dig holes in the street for no reason i like you know something really niche that no one's really doing if it's yeah, something yeah. that other people are actually doing Go and talk to them. Get in those circles. You know, go on social media like Facebook, LinkedIn. Get in groups that are doing this kind of thing and seeing what seeing what they're saying. If you can see any gaps to what they're saying, or pick their brains and say, if I'm going into this now, what kind of advice would you give me? So you can really get the pitfalls and you can get the highs from someone who's actually already been in the game. So after that, there's, if, there's a stick. Don't you think there's a stigma that when you're starting off, you feel that a lot of people, well, I, I did it this myself. I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like going to these people because I felt that they're, they're going to be my competitors. But mm-hmm. when you actually do talk to them, there's a lot of people that want to help you because mm-hmm. you do, you, when you're established and, and, and business is doing well, you don't feel like you, you feel like helping but mm. do, don't you think people need to talk more, net, get more mentorship, speak in those uh, different groups that have done it? I think um, it's, it's funny you said that just then because it's, you know, when you feel that you, you don't want to share or you don't want to get involved in with people that are already doing this for the will of maybe, you know, competition and things like this, what you realise is that the river is big enough for everyone to drink out of. And the people that are yeah, in the definitely. game already know that. And they know the the, the um, benefits of collaborations. They know the benefits of partnerships. And a lot of people, I genuinely believe people are, are good at heart. And what I mean by that is people want to help. If your energy that you come across as vulnerable and you say, actually, I'm not sure you know, what to do or I'm not sure at all. When you're open and honest, someone's open and honest with you. Um, and if you try and come, uh, uh, you know, try and come to the game with 
I know it all, yeah. then almost people are going to block you out because it's not the right thought process and the right energy to come in with. And also never believe there's a lack. And what I mean by that is never believe that you, <clears throat> there's, there's that people are going to see you as competition because they're not, they won't because they know what they do. They know how they do it. And a lot of people are comfortable with that. A lot of people don't want to expand out of that. So if you're going to come in and provide something a little bit different, in a way, you might they might actually say, actually, we could probably use you for that side of our business as well. So unless you have those conversations, unless you're open and honest, again, nothing's going to happen. Brilliant. I think I'm, I'm so uh, I'm so agreeing with you at the minute because, yeah, initially people have a lot of negative thoughts to business and whatnot and once you surpass that and you're on that same frequency of helping others not just thinking about yourself and selfishness and this is my fence and all that money is just for myself um it kind of diminishes everything you you break more boundaries when you when you're um not not, not thinking in that way mm. going back to more of your your business side of things yeah what what's the biggest challenges i mean it's it's a very cliche kind of uh question to us but i wanted to go slightly more deeper into not financially not not how you're doing but i speak to other entrepreneurs and and a lot of it's to do with time family what is happiness and, and whatnot but what's what what do you think that sticks out and you think there's always been a challenge and i've kind of i know what to do with that now mm. so initially my challenge was overworking so do you know where you can't switch off and I think a lot of people who are in business will find this where you, your mind, your brain is on all the time. And being sort of in your own business, being an entrepreneur, that's almost automatic. That happens because that's the yeah. way you continue with your business, right? That's your passion. You can't sometimes switch off. What I found over the period of time is when I've been in a situation where 10 years ago, I was in, not in a good place in terms of overworked and overwhelmed and as the last financial crisis hit, which was 2008, 2009, 2010 period, you know, we I was not in a great position because we were over leveraged. We, we borrowed a lot of money. I had, you know, four, three, four outlets. I had 55 staff and everything, as it slowed down, it was all on my head to make those decisions. And I found that I was bringing work home and I couldn't um, separate my home and my business, everything because it's all in me. As soon as I started, because you tried to do it, but it's so yeah. hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. And then I realized that in order to actually, um, I think not just sanity, but you know, mental health was you know then it wasn't even talked about. But I went through cycles yeah, yeah. of you know depression, and I went through cycles of anxiety, trying to just keep the whole thing moving. It was like a big juggler trying to keep it moving yeah. and holding all the balls up. And it was all down to me. The decisions were down to me or, or you know, people that I was employing, etc. And then what I found is that when I start focusing on myself as a person, so what makes me happy, you know, taking that time out to go and exercise, eating well, you know, looking after my mind, listening to good stuff, surrounding myself with good people. When I change that perspective myself, the whole world changed. And then my the importance of what's really important, which was me being healthy and strong for 
my business rather than my business. It became almost like the business was a truck and I was holding onto the exhaust pipe while it sort of, you know, I wasn't even driving yeah. anymore. It was just a whole yeah, good way of putting it. And yeah. I got back into the driving seat and that was the most important thing, looking after myself. Because if I'm not good and if I'm not strong myself, I can't be strong for anyone around me, including my business. Brilliant. And uh, amazing that is. Um, when it comes down to having the stress of having your own business, um, paying your staff, keeping your family happy, then on the weekends trying to kind of mellow down and be the the, the husband, the father, the business owner, what it is. I, I, I've sp- I, ha- I had another podcast uh, last week and it was all about lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. And the more and more people that come onto this podcast, it boils down to forget what the stats are saying on your business if you're not taking care of uh, yeah a lot of it's to do with 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 mental stuff uh, Mm -hmm. as in the exposure side of it but Mm -hmm. it does boil down to keeping the guy who's steering the ship happy you know healthy and just 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 in that driving seat makes everything work so faster so if anyone is listening it this is such a key point and it's said so many times if you're following the right people on instagram and facebook they'll say the same things but you're listening to the people that have actually done it and uh and and been there mm-hmm. so great advice uh, Bavik, where do you see yourself I, I ask this question all the time to every single guest of mine where do you see yourself in five years personally and where mm-hmm. do you see yourself uh, in terms of your business journey in five years? Okay, so in me personally, there's a lot of changes that I've been going through personally. So I, right now I'm writing a book. Um, I want to get more into the space of helping people and supporting people, young people especially. Um, how that looks right now, I don't know. I'm just sort of trusting the journey right now, trusting the universe to show me a path right now. Um, writing yeah. books, giving me a, a focus. Um, there's a lot of things that I've been through, a lot of things that I've learned that I want to sort of kind of share and leave a legacy for my kids that they knew their dad and what he was about. Um, and more, I think, on the personal side of it, doing more things that make me happy. And what makes me happy is, is is interacting with people, being more social. I've been, it's times where I've been on my own a lot of the time and I like the social side thing. So if I can set something up where I can create more content with people, that's huge for me and, and doing more of these kind of things, you know, recording and trying to share more voice, raise people's voices that don't have yeah. a voice, you know. Um, you know, like uh, sort of people that come out of prison, um, Asian females, um, um, it's sections of society that don't have a voice. If I can try and help raise their voices somehow, I'm not sure how that's going to look for that. In the business side of things, um, I see, you know, the next few years as quite pivotal because I'm not sure I want to continue down this path. Um, I've done the, uh, I, th- I feel I've done my trade in the electronics game. Next two years, I'm sort of probably pivoting out of this. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to say that I can do this wholeheartedly and it's my choice after that. And then hopefully I can go yeah. more into the coaching and the uh, mentoring side, especially for young people. That's what I'm looking to do. And what's your book going to be about? Oh, it's about life lessons, about all the things that I've been through and um, how people can, it's about human potential. I find it amazing that we as human beings sometimes suppress our own potential. Um, we have so much, you know, so 
we are so unique and we have such an energy that we can grow. Um, and if I can kind of spark that potential, the, what, what sort of triggered me to thinking about this was everything that you see around you that's not man-made, i.e. that's not natural, started as a thought. So someone thought about him, put action behind him, put it out in the world. And that's the potential of the human being. You know, we have the potential to create an, an environment that serves us. And we have the ability yeah. to really sort of push the human boundary further. And if I can create something that, you know, sparks that potential out of people, then, yeah, that's what it's about, really. Amazing. Um, I think... Um... I got I got to be honest I didn't know this side to you uh mm. with regards to helping others and mm. and stuff and it really brings out something just to do a collaboration between me and you just to kind of see see where you're going for this and it's such a good thing that you show your transparency and honesty and actually you're a successful businessman because you are in a position to kind of say to yourself this is where I want to take the direction in in my life um and move it to helping others I think the if your end goal is to help others, it life gets easier <laughs> just because um, I, even myself, I, I've, I had a call yesterday with someone from a university. Uh, I was speaking at university and just to get them going, just to get the cogs moving for them, they just needed someone to kind of say to them, look, forget the negativity, get onto this path. And if you do want to hear it, from someone well here i am and 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 it gets to get gets them into that motion but Mm -hmm. thank you very much for being my guest today um i really hope our listeners have got uh, a little more insight on yourself your journey and Mm -hmm. how you can help Um, i hope to bring you along again when you're uh, when you're going to be launching this book Mm -hmm. and um if you can just uh finish us off by kind of giving your social uh, social profiles on and how people can follow you because you also have your your own podcast as well so yeah. i'll let you give that information out to the listeners. yeah so i um i'm a host of a podcast called bigger than the hustle where we talk to entrepreneurs about life outside business um i'm on uh, instagram bavik p underscore limitless um and near bavik patel on facebook and linkedin as well um generally linkedin and instagram are more places that i put things out um, but if anyone wants to get in touch anyone wants to communicate with me anyone just to chat I am I've always got time for that and if anyone's stuck and they just want to chat about which way to move things forward again with business or with life or personal no problem at all I'll be happy to help brilliant thank you very much with myself if you are listening from uh and, and, and this is the first time you've listened to the Social Connection podcast. My name is Atish Palmer from Metric Connect Digital Marketing. And my at is always on Instagram, which is at Atish Palmer. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>